0: Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. All right,
1: welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, episode 19. I'm Dan. And I'm John. And we've lost Danny for a podcast or two. He's busy at the Harrison Haunted Theater doing some rehearsals and stage production stuff and
2: all that. So, you, but I, I'm also thinking that could be a story. Oh, I really, I, <laughs> I, I, I really Where think. He? Where is he? I really think we've talked about Danny having signed pictures. You know, oh, shirtless. His, and I really think Danny's taking time to work out. His Fabio-esque. Yeah, and, and he's been working out. And I think getting, right he's now, he's, he's in front cut. of a mirror going, am I ready? He's getting dried out right so now. We'll, we'll keep you updated on that, but I think that's the real story. He's getting all vascular. That's and, uh, that's right, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> he's grating cheese on his abs and yeah, stuff, right? We'll, we'll let you know when Danny's ready, but, right. uh, but that could be the real story. Yeah, The that theater really might be story. true, but I think it's the other. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> exactly, he's working out.
1: I should have driven by there the other day and checked on him. But anyway, we've lost them for at least one or two pods. But uh, so we're back in John's haunted house instead of the haunted theater, and uh, we're sitting at the dining room table. So if you do hear some rumblings, it's going to be some trucks and cars going by, and we're doing our best to edit that stuff out. And we'll try not to bang on the table. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is one thing that uh, I uh, I brought to your attention. When I got here, and you know we have fantastic recording equipment, but we've got the worst table in the world to record on. your Your table here is nice and sturdy and th- yeah. thick, but that one at that the I theater, read. the theater, it's like paper thin and it makes knocking noises and all sorts of stuff. So
2: anywho, what are we talking about today, John? we um something what I hoped would happen uh with a podcast about the paranormal. Uh, that we're going to get stories, we're going to get information. As we get better known, we're going to get opportunities for things that are unique. And I have a story to share with the listeners that's never been told. It's never been on another podcast. It's never been told anywhere. And after our Bigfoot podcast, which thank you, everyone. uh, Thank you, Peter and Christine went over very big. People were really uh, pleased with it. Yeah, we got um, a lot of
1: positive reviews yeah,
2: on that one. Yeah, people, people liked it. So maybe yeah, um, they were getting tired of the ghost stuff. And yeah, change it up once in yeah, while, right? Yeah, change it up. Yeah. So I was contacted, and uh, a story about a gentleman. Um, I, I'm going to be vague, and the listeners have to bear with me. The person wants their an- anonymity protected, and that's what we do here. Because if we don't, the podcast is dead, so we have to. Right. Um, I was contacted by a gentleman who's a friend of mine, a high-quality individual, whose friend had an experience in Algonquin Park in Ontario, Canada. And uh, I was able to have a three-way phone call. The man won't come on the podcast. He wants no attention.
1: And you were telling me this is the first time he's ever spoken
2: of it. Yeah, other than to his his friend. friend In 30 years? That's right. So this happened 32 years ago. He's never... Basically, he was cornered by his friend, like, what's going on with you? And over he
1: knew something was wrong with him. yep
2: and over 30 years the story has come out in drips and drabs and now he has the whole story and so I was able to have the privilege of being in a three-way phone call um, asked him a few questions he told me about the the encounter uh, terrifying to say the least he's got some theories on some things that Dan and I will talk about um, but basically I'll get into it I'm gonna be very vague um, if there's chopped up sections in this, it could be because John let something out that Danny's going to edit. Right. So bear with it. We're going to protect this person's anonymity. Um, I listened to him. I, the emotion in his voice, this person's not making this up. No. No offense or buts. He doesn't want any attention. It's not like somebody's coming out with something.
1: You said it sounded like he almost had like PTSD over he, this. He, he even he
2: acknowledges it now. Right. And he it ex- scared him so bad that he's never been in the bush. He's never gone back to the, the woods. The, um, the woods at all. To give you just a, to be vague about it, very experienced outdoorsman. Devoted a month a year to various things in the outdoors. Right, doesn't do that anymore. He's never been in... He his words. I've never been in the effin' woods since. Any woods. Any woods. Like not even a small forest or anything. Yeah, he he lives in an urban area. Yeah, and he, he lives said, in a concrete jungle now. Yep, and and he said I've never been, and even to this day, when his kids do outdoor things, he still has anxiety about it. Wow. So give you an idea this gentleman decided to take a, an extra long weekend and go up north he was having some things going on that were stressful and that's how he decompressed he went up north sure and one of the things that he used to like to do he called it bushwhacking he'd go take a compass heading go off the main trail see what he could see just to get away from people he knew that he wouldn't bump into people and so on this one day he went in it was in in a in the spring up on Algonquin park went way off the main trail quite a ways in and was having a great time doing his thing. Um, he doesn't know exactly how far he went in, but he was going to say he figures he's at least about a thousand yards, possibly off the main trail. So he was in pretty deep. Right. When you're talking about Algonquin Park, which is uh, just forest, right? Yeah, pretty thick. Yeah. Um, he decided, you know, the light. He knew he had a certain amount of time, and the light was going to start to lose on him. He's going to lose the light, so he stopped, take a leak. Um, As he's doing that, he can hear the sound of something, and he realizes that off to his left, there's something coming down a tree, and he says it's about 100 feet uh, away from him. Uh, One of the things that my friend interjected to me, um, he said, if this guy tells you a measurement based on his former career, he said, you can take it that it's pretty accurate. Right. He he dealt in measurements. He's a smart guy. Yep, yep, Yeah, and dealt in that kind of thing um and he sees something black coming down a tree can't see it all because it's blocked by trees but he sees what he thinks is the back and the ass end of a, a bear right coming down a tree and so all right away is like okay um starts backing up and he can see this thing at the bottom of a tree and the first thing that he said that went through my head was holy f that's a big bear and but again, he can't see it all, right? He's just getting a sense of the back, and he thought what I thought was the ascent of a bear. Right. And in Ontario, we only have black bears. Yeah, we don't have grizzlies. So we don't have grizzlies or polar bears or no, anything like that. No. So, so he um, he's backing up, and then where he said where I what he was, the land had like uh, undulations in it, so it's like swales, right? Yeah. But three foot, four foot differences in elevation, not like a big cliff or anything, Just, and this thing went down low, and he lost sight of it. And he keeps backing up, keep backing up. And he wasn't too panicked because as an outdoor person, he's actually hunted bear. Knows how to deal with... Bear. Yeah, and you'd expect it got his scent... And be gone. It's, it's
1: going to bolt. Unless yeah. it's, got, it's a sow with some cubs
2: or whatever. That's right. right. And, and, and again, and he, he said, I looked all around. He said, I didn't think I was between uh, a female, a mother bear or her cubs. He backing away. And then he realizes that this thing has actually through this one of these swales where it was down about six feet was now looking at him from a different tree and it was just he could see part of the head peeking around and he said but I could see the the bumper that was and part of the shoulder and he said right away I didn't like that because that made me worry about a predatory bear and they've had that problem in Algonquin Park you can people can research that there's been a few uh you know on Bates Island there was a horrific predatory bear attack in in Algonquin Park so he didn't like that he starts yelling guam bear bear and he had uh, a real cheapy tripod and he had a little tiny camera pack that he carried he just you know a little amateur thing take if he saw something take a picture and he started banging the tripod on the trees making noise and the thing ducked down and he thought okay good it's gone and so he's trying to put distance between him and this thing he's sidestepping then he realizes now it's in another location looking at him and then the first time he looked he goes he knew something was wrong. He said, this is effed up is the way he worded it to me. And he said, I can see this thing looking at me. It's got a black face, but he says, I can't see any ears. And he's getting concerned. And he said, I can see what I think is the bear's shoulder, right? Hmm. And then all of a sudden he said, I don't know how long this went on. He said, I kept yelling, Go on bear The whole bit. Next thing you know, this thing bolted from where it was, ran parallel to him. He said about 80 feet away. And he said, as it's running, he said, I knew something was wrong because this isn't a bear. He could tell by the way it ran. It was on all fours. And the way he described the way this thing locomoted, the back legs did all the work. And the front legs were just kind of catching it so it wouldn't face plant. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, a bear or a dog runs, they force their paws out. Like the way a gorilla would run, maybe. Th- that's, that's basically what it came to later. Right. And this thing ran and it actually got behind in the direction that he had to go. And again, it's down. And he said, every time this thing would look at him, it was tree peeking. It would, it would always have a tree. And he said, where he was, the trees weren't huge, but he said there was some that were like 12 inches, 15 inches. But he said, not like some of the ones you find in Algonquin that are massive, right? Yeah. And this thing, and when it ran, he said, I still don't know what I was looking at. I didn't process it. Um, he said, I'm still yelling, go on bear and trying to make all this noise. But he said, I knew it wasn't a bear. When i saw it go across and the other thing he mentioned was that he said this thing was massive as it went on all fours the speed shocked him so now this thing's blocking the direction he wanted to go he and that's the direction he came from so then after he kind of froze for a bit he walked into the woods and this thing just kept punched down peeking at him and then he tried to go parallel and again in the direction he wants to go and he actually got side by side with it but again it's about 100 feet ish away and he's walking and he's like and he said he said I know I'm I don't know what I'm looking at but I kept yelling bear he said it was and he said "I'll, I'll admit I was with its size the way it ran I didn't know what I was dealing with he said I was starting to get he was scared he was nervous right um then as he's getting distance between him and this thing it does the exact same thing it runs and it blocks the direction he's going in this time when it ran um if I remember this thing did some about six times this kind of a thing If I'm not mistaken from his story, this is when it started doing this, ho ho sound. And he described that. And he said it was loud and intense. And he said, and then he said, I I knew it wasn't a bear. Like he said, I I knew it. Yeah. But I haven't processed it. He said, this time, this thing got between him and where he wanted to go. And he said, and I'm standing on this little rise of land, right? And this thing's below me. And he said, it stood up. And then I realized it's not a bear. And it stood up on two legs. And he said, it's going to be in the 80 foot range. And he said, I can actually see an eye, but again, part of the tree's blocking its head. And it's staring at him. And it looked like it was looking him up and down. And so then it went back down on all fours and just peeking at him. He again, in a different direction now, went parallel to it and then tried to go in the direction he wanted to go. And it did the same thing. Then it got down low and then it charged him. he said, it made a charge at me and it ran at me and at about a 40 foot mark, it turned off and went to the side. He said, of course, he froze and when it was running at him, it was making this oh, oh, sound. Um, and he said, "Like he's," I said, "I asked him, just like you said, like a gorilla." And he said, "Yeah, yeah,
1: because like you see, you like those
2: programs where they film, National they, Geographic, they right? film
1: these big silverback gorillas. They charge you, and then they put the brakes on, and That's right. you Do the little, oh, oh. yeah, and then they, they'll, yeah. they'll back up, and then they'll charge you again. And it's almost like a, yeah, like
2: a challenge. Right? And the other thing too, and it's funny. Like as I'm telling this, I can feel." The Emotion that could, like, as I'm telling Oops, it to you, right? There you go, banging on the table. Yeah, Goddamn, that was my ring. Um, <laughs> he, his voice at times would crack when he talked to us 30 years two. later, yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, and we're not talking about a little frail man, we're talking a guy in the six foot plus range, over 200 pounds, very fit. So, and we're he, not talking, and he was an adventurous guy, a
1: very adventurous right? guy. So, yep. I mean, he used to go into Algonquin Park
2: on by his own, himself. yep, solo canoe trips, all these different things that oh, he used well, to do, like right? Even that back then before gps's and cell phones and that that was that
1: was a, that was a map and a that compass. was, risk. That that's was right. a risk that's right? sure it was
2: and so then um if i remember correctly so it made a charge and then it backed away on some of these charges and apparently if i remember correctly it made six at him and every time he would make any direction that wasn't going deeper into the woods this thing would charge him When he gets scared and he'd back up and he was backing into the woods away from where he wanted to go, he said this thing would just stay down on all fours and stare at him. One of the things that he commented on... He was trying to herd him thicker into the bush. He said, I was being herded. And the other thing too, uh, when it stood up one time, he said this was a female. He estimated, no, he said the land was undulating. He said he was 6'2", and he said this thing had at least six inches on me, if not more, but again, the land, and he's not completely... You know, with uh, it.
1: Sure, he's freaking out. Yeah,
2: and and but he said this thing, he said, if I had to estimate body mass, he said, I don't want to exaggerate, but it's a minimum of double my size and probably more. So we're talking about something 400 plus pounds that he's looking at. Um, one of the times when it stood up and it was close enough to him, because this thing, the more it charged, it started getting the distance, or getting closer, and that's where he really got into a panic. And he said... This thing was absolutely fascinated with his footwear. He said, when it stood up and I could actually see its face fairly clearly, and he said, its eyes or eye, if it was peeking from a tree, was looking at his boots and he had hiking boots with these bright red laces. And he said, and the other thing too, whenever it would look up and they'd meet eye to eye, he said it would growl at him and bare its teeth. And he said that was the most intimidating thing he's ever experienced in his lifetime. No kidding. And the other thing too, and I asked him, he said there was times when his insides began to like, felt like they were vibrating. He does not follow the Bigfoot topic. I asked him that. Like, uh, for example, Dan and I got into the paranormal side of things because of experience mm-hmm. and it was, he had no curiosity. The only thing that he ever come across was he was the infrasound and he thinks that was what was making his insides grumble. Right. And the guy will admit, um, that he, he lost his bowels in this experience Pete himself and he thinks it was due to this infrasound right because it would happen when and it, and it would literally almost
1: it, paralyze him and it's been proven that infrasound exists can't exist wolves i think and tigers, tigers can, have it can use it yeah and what they've they've had pe- where they've uh, replicated it in labs Yep. and they've blasted people with it they give some terrible anxiety and people, some some people have lost control yep. of
2: their their bowels yeah Exactly. I mean, it's an awful Basically, dealing, right? people get a feeling of dread at the very least. Right. And so he had that. And he said every time this thing would make a charge at him, when he would try to get in the direction he had to go, it got closer and closer. And he started getting to the point where panic's setting in because he knows that if this thing comes running, he said, nothing I can do. He said, I'm like a rag doll. This thing is just going to do whatever it wants to do with me. Um, and the couple of the charges where it got really close and is running on all fours, it actually would grab handfuls of earthen leaves and just kind of flick it underhand at him right. as it went by. And some of the stuff would actually hit him. Um, he said then it would go off. And before, it would go to about 80 to 100 feet away. Well, now it's getting closer. So like the, the, the distance is – he said it's way too close. It's way too uncomfortable. I he, almost wonder if there were others I, in, I asked in, in the area. He said if there was, he said I wasn't of any condition to, to notice it. No um (laughs) there could have been 20 of them he he does wonder if this thing was trying to herd him to the bigger voice to where there was like like he said it's almost like this one didn't have the experience it it knew what to do but had maybe hadn't and and he's absolute adamant that had this thing got him it would have killed him um he and we'll talk dan will talk about it because he brought some information he swears that if it Based on what he knows now, he thinks it would have ripped his feet off. It was fascinated with his his, his footwear yeah. and probably those those red laces. And so then about the, the fourth time it charged him, he said, I had a voice going off on my head, but I wasn't processing. He said, he, uh, he said, I'm a mess. Like, my hands are shaking. You know, I I, 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 I didn't even know at the time, but he said, I like, have defecated on myself. I've peed myself and a whole bit. Um, this thing would occasionally... Would go to a location and then it would stand by a tree and it would. And every time it stood up and looked at him, it was looking at his feet, trying to see his shoes. Hmm. And he said, "That's the part." And he said one time, he said, "I swear the gaze had to be at least ten seconds." And then it would, and he and he kept telling himself, "Don't look it in the eye, don't look it in the eye." And, but he, he couldn't because he, it was just like a compulsion, almost. Sure, sure. Then he'd look it in the eye, and then it would growl. It would, you know, and he, it, he, I said, "Can you replicate He said, "No, I can't." He did replicate this every time we would run around, but like this gorilla like sound. So then he said, This voice is going off in his head, and he says, I don't know where you are on angels or protect. And Mm -hmm. I said, Well, you know what? You're talking to the right guy. Spirit guides. And And he said, Finally, the voice, I understood it, and it said his name, and it said, Use your flash. His name. And he said, This was, but he said, I wasn't processing it. And then it made another charge at him when he tried to go in the direction he had to go. And he said, I'm talking to this thing. Like, I'm sobbing mess. I'm like, please, I'm not going to, I just want to go. And and this thing, every time he tried to talk to it, it almost would get more aggressive. So then the voice in his head, he finally, he processed it. After this last charge, he said, where it came about 15 feet and turned off and again, underhanded dirt at him. And he said, at that point, he said, I'm hearing this voice and I'm recognizing it. It's my name and it's saying, take your flash out. And he said in this little tiny little fanny pack I had this old flash mm. and if people think back uh, depending on your age people like me like Dan remember at Christmas Thanksgiving you have a family picture and the aunt or uncle had that camera Dad Yeah dad <laughs> and you know, yeah was, my dad did and yeah. and when the flash would go mm-hmm. off people would go oh you burn my you oh, my. Yeah. Well he said that's what this flash was like you get a suntan from it Yep yeah, exactly so he managed and he said it took everything he had to the dexterity to undo the zipper and he got that flash out and the voice is saying use the flash use the flash right so then the the last time this thing charged at him it's coming and he said i remember i'm holding up and he couldn't so this let's say from 40 feet away this thing's now coming at him and it's getting dark right and, and yeah he's losing light right So the flash is going to have more of an effect and and he said i'm trying to press the button and i couldn't and i couldn't and when the flash finally went off he said this thing would be in the 15 foot range or less and when my flash went off, this thing let out this big, oh, like the, the gorilla-type sound. He said it turned dead left. It bowled over and knocked over a tree. He said that would be, and he said, not that I stopped to measure it, but he said four, maybe six. Like He said, I could hear the crack. A solid tree. Yeah, this thing ran it over, right? And he said, and from there, this thing just took off into the bush. Wow. And even from then, he said, my, I, I barely had the ability to walk. He said, I... Well, his, The adrenaline... Yeah, exactly. You know. When he got to his car, he so he finally got to his vehicle, he said he couldn't even work his keys. So this is back in the days before remote car uh, door openers and things like that. Right. He kept dropping them. Um, he did claim that he encountered two people in the parking lot that knew something was wrong. And the only thing he said I could get out of his mouth, and he says, I'm not going to tell him that. And he, he, I said, what did you think but it was? But could
1: see he was distressed. Yeah,
2: he, he said, he kept telling himself, there's a fucking gorilla and and that's what he said. That's when he did have thoughts of what it was at the time. Because right. he wasn't thinking to make so clothes. these guys actually opened up his door and they kept saying they want us to get you help and he kept saying bear, bear. And he just wanted them to leave. He doesn't want people Right. You know. He said he and he said as stupid as this sounds he said I got into my car he said and I passed out. He well, remembers trying to put his keys in the ignition and he couldn't and he kept dropping them. The stress and the adrenaline and, and it, he the passed blood out. flow and everything. Yep. And so when he finally woke up he said that he uh, he said i woke up screaming and he believed and he said i can't prove this he thought the thing was at his window no he said no that could be my imagination that sure. could be panic or whatever he said don't take that as gospel yeah,
1: he's already experienced yep. he traumatic stress right he
2: he was blaring his car horn if it was and then he finally got the keys in and he said he managed and he actually drove home wow and, and then we're talking it was like middle of the night before he got home or even later
1: and that's hours and hours away from the city too. yeah
2: like to give you an idea from uh, a city type area like uh, say Markham Scarborough Toronto uh, Oakville it's like a three hour drive yeah three and a half to four hours right yeah. and um, so it was a long haul and folks when he was telling me this story I mean the emotion in his voice at times when he talked about uh, the panic he felt and I'm not doing this story any justice because like well, he you know, left a lot out. Yeah, left a lot out just and, for just for his privacy. And, and and he when he talked about the way it would look at him, uh it was you know mind-boggling. Um so I, I think and we'll review it. Uh, I don't think we've done anything that's going to damage him. he like he doesn't want any attention. No. I don't, I don't think we've done that. But um based on Peter and Christine and our interactions with them since. Right.
1: From the Bigfoot
2: episode. From, from uh, Bigfoot episode, episode. 17, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and from talking to this guy, the emotion, emotion. I've never seen a Bigfoot. I've never. I think there's something to it. There has to be. There has to be. This guy has basically kept this quiet for 32 years. He is no longer. I'm uh, going to leave that. Let's put it this way. The people around him. Don't even know. Don't know anything. His family doesn't know anything about it. They don't know anything about it. He wouldn't talk about it. He's only a friend, and now you, you and know? and through and the now friend, everybody else. Yeah, but and he could be. You. But no. people will never be able to no. connect this to him, right? No. And part of the reason he never told anyone, he said after what I've been through, and how traumatizing that was, because he thought he was going to die. He was adamant he was going to die. Yeah. This thing was hurting him, off to kill him. Um, he said for people to sit there and laugh. He said i wouldn't be able to take it no and he said also i probably would have hurt somebody because he said um he give you a, when i asked him so like how what are your thoughts he thinks that this thing um was trying to hurt him off when it wasn't being successful he thinks that last time if he hadn't used the flash it probably would have bowled him over would it have maybe flattened him well if it can
1: just by running by it can flatten a tree Yeah. It's going to flatten him. Yeah. He thinks at the very least... He might have ducked out of the way at the last second and...
2: Yeah. Or maybe, who knows, maybe it would hit him and then run off to see what happened to him. Like, you know. But he said at the very least, he believes that when it got dark and now I can't see it... He would have been toast. He said, I'm dead. Right. He said, I'm a dead man. And one of the things he said, and this will lead into what Dan and I talked about before the pod, and Dan's brought a bunch of information. He said, you know, one of the things... He said, I think now, based on this thing, every time it would stand up, it would stare at his feet. He said, if I think if I took my boots off and threw them at it, he said, I wonder if this thing would have just left.
1: Taking the boots and...
2: He said the fascination with his footwear was unbelievable. Mm, The bright red laces. And so one of the things that... I said this to Dan, and then this got Dan thinking. I follow a lot of David Palladi's 411. Yeah. And one of the common factors he has for people that disappear... Is there alone? And they're missing the shoes When they if they find any traces. Shoes are missing and bright colors. Right. And he said, "I these laces, he said, I never liked them, but the boots were so cheap that I bought them on sale. Right. And he said, I always intended to replace... They were neon red is the way he described it. Wow. And this thing was fascinated with them.
1: Now, if anybody uh, is not familiar with David Politi's... Check it know, out. Check it out. Go on YouTube and type in Missing411 and... It's all about missing people. Uh, 90% of it's in, in the U.S. He, he, he does some stuff in Canada, Canada as well. Yeah. And he talks about people that go missing uh, on in these national parks, uh, Yosemite, uh,
2: Yellowstone, Yellowstone, any major yeah, U.S. All parks. All these
1: major U.S. parks. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. That have gone missing yep. over the years. And It's not a new phenomenon. It's no. been happening since like late eighteen hundreds, yep. or since people have been reporting it. Yeah. And uh, there's and, and the cases are so similar, but there's no real evidence, or there's no real hard
2: like. For he doesn't say it's Sasquatch. He just he just no, reports he never, the facts. He never speculates what it is. Yeah, I,
1: I think if you got him drunk and <laughs> he'd give you he'd give you an opinion <laughs> say, right,
2: like some of the things with, with this guy he said tracking dogs won't track yeah
1: the dogs are either too afraid or yep. they can't find a scent or they walk in circles yep and,
2: and there's no the, evidence of a predator like for example there's uh, no blood There's a, not, a, not like drag little, marks yeah, there's no yeah. it's not like a bear or a cougar ripped when clothing their- are found they're intact it's not like a bear ripped them off. And or they're cougar. folded sometimes. Yeah, there's some really weird stuff with and these And sometimes when they've
1: actually found a body, and they only, what, 5% of the time find a body? It's pretty rare, yeah. Uh, sometimes their clothes will be on backwards.
2: Yeah. It's like something stripped them naked and, and then
1: tried to figure out how to put their clothes and back no on.
2: And no sign of sexual assault. So no. that's the other part of it. No. And so he he's very strict on what he puts into this. Yeah. But And this guy doesn't even know about David. Like I said, he doesn't... But that was... When I was talking to Dan, I said... The guy told me the story, told me about the boots, and the thing was fascinated with them. Then Dan's got all this information about feet that have shown up floating out west. Mm-hmm. And David Polite says one of the common factors in these people that go missing is they're wearing somewhere a bright color. Right. And here's this thing all over this guy's boots.
1: Yeah, so I did uh, Was it you that came up with this idea, or was it him?
2: No, I did. Oh, okay. I did when I saw it. <clears throat> okay. But anyway... Thank
1: you for the story. Yeah, anyway, I hope I hope you listen. If he does listen to this, like he's got a he's got to realize he showed a lot of courage. Yeah,
2: is intimidating. Like, he, and did,
1: scary. he didn't scream and run in the other direction. Like a lot of people would have, yeah. just ran. And he probably yeah. would have been dead if he and did they death. would have ran in the wrong direction and they yeah. would have been killed. Yeah, right. and yeah. like the guy stood his ground, and good good on him. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, it's and I know it put a like a big big. Um, it affected him, sure. And and you know what? Like Dan said, uh, how many people would like? I don't know. I don't even know how I'd react in that situation. Oh, no. like, I have no doubt I'd piss myself. Um, but yeah, would <laughs> I just infrasound or not? You're gonna. Oh, as soon as I saw it, I would piss your myself. Pants, right? Well, the first time I met you, I pissed myself. So, oh. like, you know. But anyway, I, I digress.
1: Well, it's because I'm phenomenally beautiful, right? <laughs> no, you just you're phenomenally huge. <laughs>
2: phenomenally huge. Yeah. So anyway, about uh, the footwear. About the footwear.
1: Now in British Columbia. And especially in the Vancouver and Nanaimo area, since I think it was 2004, feet inside shoes have been washing up on the shores of Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver. They've been found in, uh, uh certain rivers, uh, false Creek, Vancouver, all sorts of stuff. And the police have never been able to figure out where these feet are coming from. Yeah. And they're intact, like there's a human foot inside yeah. of it. Yeah, ankle, toes. Yeah, and it's always like a a running shoe, like something you would wear on a trail, or a hiking boot or a hiking shoe. And some of these, you and can I've tell, got, have that... Oh, yeah, and I've got pictures of them here. Yeah, that blaze that would light
2: up at night. Yeah, and yep. some
1: of them have the reflective strips on them and yep. everything else. And they go they go back uh, to 2004. There's a lot, lot in 2007 and 2008 uh, where... They'll say like, for example, here's one here. It says in October, 2012, a right foot was found in false Creek, Vancouver. DNA analysis linked this foot to an unidentified male. And then they found, oh, backing up in August, 2011, they found the left foot of this poor guy. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012 in October, they found the right foot. And the funny thing is when you look at the pictures of the feet, because they've got it on the website here. The shoes look like they're brand new. Mm-hmm, but they right. don't look like they've been floating in the ocean. or. Yep, It's almost like something decided to,
2: well, I'm tired of this. Get and, rid of it. And hurled like it a, into like, the, a, like a novelty or a trophy, yeah, right? Yeah, like, like a trophy. And his comment to me was, he said, if this thing wanted to, it could have snapped my feet right off my ankles. He yeah. said that's like the power that he said when you would see it push its arms into the ground, the muscles in this thing, he said it was unbelievable. Yeah.
1: And, Here's one here. In, in November 2011, a right boot was found in Sassamat Lake, Port Moody. And Port Moody is pretty close to Vancouver, I believe. DNA analysis linked this foot to a male that went missing in 1985. Wow. And looking at the picture of the boot...
2: you like, it looks like you could put it on right now.
1: Yeah, look, you look like you could wear it right now. That's right, exactly. But uh, they're, they're trying to... But the, the police don't have any... An- or Well, they don't have any answers public answers yeah or like maybe there are some authorities out there that know what's going on but they're just like well you know what maybe it's organized crime like maybe they're chopping guys feet off and throwing them in be- the bush but they're not they're also not telling you much about the people that own the feet here because yeah. they're linking through DNA yeah, yeah. Who they uh, are. so they're figuring out who some of them are yeah some of them are still ident- unidentified yeah and then they tried to say remember when they had the big tsunami back uh, years ago in uh, oh, yeah. Indonesia there they said well maybe some of the feet floated across the Pacific you know and how did they all end up in, yeah, the, and that in one, the Vancouver British Columbia Yeah, area, that, that right?
2: sounds too yeah that's, yeah. that's,
1: that's too far finished that, that's on, like the weather balloon Roswell
2: yeah exactly just trying right? to make something fit and you can actually go on YouTube and Google uh, news conferences about this yeah. and you can actually see RCMP authorities saying that these feet have not been sawed off there's no, there's no mechanical means. Well, no, that's the funny thing. They, they yeah. say uh, there's no signs of trauma. That's right. So, but so well, you know I what? I remove
1: a foot without any signs so of trauma.
2: That was the one thing he said to me. He said when he heard about this, he said I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those creatures that have done that to these people, found them in the woods, because he said this thing was so fascinated with my boots. Yeah. And he said I have no doubt that if this thing had killed me, it would have just snapped off my ankles. And, yo, there's my trophy. Yeah. Like he said, that we're talking about, like, insane power. I wonder you know? I wonder what the thing is with the feet. I, I think... And the other thing, too, when David Pilates talks about it... Right. The footwear is quite often removed. You have, they find kids with no footwear, right? And some oh. of them alive, some of them not. Yeah, the
1: ones that they do end up finding alive are always little kids. And the kids are always missing their shoes. Yeah. And they're always... They can never remember what happened to them in the past... Yeah. Twelve hours, or yeah. fifteen hours, so, or whatever.
2: So is this maybe like, who knows? David plays. Let's say, say Bigfoot's doing some of this. Right? Is he fascinated with the footwear? Like they run around on bare feet. Yeah. Like why do you have those on? They want to check them out. <laughs> maybe they're or, jealous. Yeah. You know. Or or they're shiny and they can't figure out because some of these uh, shoes that Dan has here. If you were running at night this would well, you see the jogger yeah, they're they reflective yeah like, they got the reflective
1: especially like ones where they found an actual that looks like, like a New Balance
2: yeah it's got shooter. the big
1: shiny bright blue New Balance things on the side and, and it's crazy yeah but uh, yeah Um I love listening to that Missing 4-1 yeah stuff highly yeah. encourage people to check it out it's worth yeah and it's it's mind-boggling you know, it's fascinating and he said that you know, a lot of times, or there have been instances where the military, like special forces, Green Berets will show up. Yeah. That's... Or or RCMP tactical teams will show up in Canada, and they'll tell people, stay out of the bush.
2: Yep.
1: And they're like, well, we're going to search. And they're like, no, stay out of the bush. Yep. So and, like, and you know, what's the
2: reason for that? And like, David... why are
1: armed uh, special combat guys showing up to, you know, look for a missing hunter? Yeah, you'd you think
2: they'd have, like, uh, flashlights, dogs... Uh, helicopters, whatever, not you not, know, not armed. No, and not. It, David plays on one of his um, episodes. He talks about how some Green Berets showed up. Yeah, and he said the searchers are searching this area. That where was the, the one on the Appalachian Trail. I think. And then, but the, the Green Beret went up, and they went up mountains like big, big. And yeah. so you're looking for and a child. Told, and they
1: told the other uh, search and rescue guys, "Don't search in the area that we're going to be in." Yeah, they they were adamant. They said, "You guys search over here." We're going
2: this way. Stay the f out of our yeah. So our way. Dave Plady says, "Well, what evidence did they have that they need to go up when all the searchers are looking in the region the kid missed?" Yeah. And the other thing too, there's times when they found bodies of kids and kids alive. Yeah, over two mountain ranges. Yeah, where a four year old, a five year old, like
1: within eight hours, they they, they could never it's like traverse nine, nineteen kilometers
2: away. That's right, could never do it. And we're no. not talking about like nineteen kilometers down a road. No, we're talking up. Hillsides, trees, bush. Yeah, experience like. Yeah, that's right. Exactly.
1: Mountaineers can
2: hardly do there, there's that. There's definitely. Without, without gear. There's something to it. Yeah. There, there's definitely something to it. It's wild. Um, but I have no doubt. People uh, listen to that account, make your own determination. I heard him and the emotion. I don't doubt for a second that this guy experienced something that can't be explained. Yeah. That shouldn't have, I'm doing air quotes right now, shouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, we don't have a a giant hominid or ape in Canadian well, the Canadian woods are one supposed one. One last
1: to. point with the uh, the David polite stuff, the missing four one one, is a lot of the people will say they're hiking with a friend or you know, it's a it's a father out with his little guy and they're gonna go fish like some lake that's back yeah. in the bush. And they'll say he'll turn around, they'll turn around and the person's gone. Yeah. Like there's no sound, there's no screen, there's no struggle. Yep there's there's nothing it's like the the air swallowed them up and they were gone yeah and that's happened so many times yeah and oh the last thing is the they'll go in the search team will go in for seven days in the same trail and on the eighth day the body
2: is laying on the trail no way they could have missed it. No. So something brought it back and put something it there. brought it back and pl- placed it there. Yeah, that's right. And that happens on more than one occasion. This is not like all. Oh, it happened one time. No. This has happened multiple times and all over North America. Yep. And Peter uh, alluded to that when they talk about the Tamagami tomog- incident where that girl went missing mm. and one scream gone and they never found us. A... And that's the thing too. People say, "Well, oh, you know, how do you know it's not like a, a serial rapist or a psycho?" And David Plates points out. That's a human being. So let's say you, it could happen. Sure. Runs across a trail. Dad's looking ahead, grabs his kid, covers his mouth, and he's gone. Okay. David Platy says, tell me why the dogs can't track that human being. Yeah. That's what those dogs are bred for. They're, and they, they live for it. They yeah. live for it, they, right? They love it. That's right. So it, it makes no sense. No. You know, uh, how did the guy take the kid and a dog can't track him? And repeatedly, and all over North America. Yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't make sense it's wild yeah so is it bigfoot i don't know is who it knows. aliens is it portals who knows who knows but you know, uh, who
1: knows the poor people that went missing
2: yeah that's right, <laughs> right? that's right so yeah exactly but the, the feet thing's interesting especially when this man talked about how fascinated this thing was with his feet mm-hmm. so we're just going to take our own little quick break
0: beer break gonna grab a beer and we'll be right back you're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. At Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny.
1: All right, we're back. We took a little beer break and we're living the high life here. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to take a the podcast in a, uh, a different direction here. We're talking about Bigfoot and Sasquatch and the missing 401 Phenomena. Now we're going to talk about orbs. Now, John and I have seen lots of orbs. Yes. Uh, you just had one that you took a picture of the other night. Uh, why don't you tell a quick story about that? And I'll put the picture that you took up
2: on the Facebook page so people can see what it was all about. Um, a couple nights ago, I woke up to hearing my cat running around like a crazy person in my living room. And you could hear him. He was actually you hear broom, broom, and then be quiet where he literally like jump off a table jump off the couch and he was running around and I, like i'm thinking but has he found like a mouse or something but the running didn't make sense right. like he was just tearing all around right then i thought one time we had a bat in the house he caught it and i thought oh no i hope it's not a bat because i'm <laughs> not a big fan of bats rabies or something yeah so anyway then on the loft i look and i can see him looking down to the main floor and you know when a cat's in that predator mode, he's got his tail flicking, yeah. and he's watching, and I can see it, and so I know he's looking at something. I thought, well, I better get up and see what the what's going on, right? And I get up, and I look out, and all of a sudden, I see something blue go out of the house. How big was it? Uh, size of a softball. Well that big? Yeah, it was that size. That, that size. Oh, wow. About the size of a softball, and um, yeah, definitely bigger than a tennis ball, and um, I see this blue thing flash out of the house. and. There's a in where I live in this little community, and there's one main street, and I live off of it, and but it didn't make sense. It wasn't a car headlight, and then, then no, so no cars go by. Then this thing came back in the house, and all of a sudden I realized I got a blue orb moving around. Was it
1: going through the wall or the glass?
2: It went through the glass once, through the wall once, um, over here, just right by us here, where I got those fox pictures. Yeah. Um, then it started moving around the room, and it went down by the fireplace. And it, the highest it went would be the height of this table. So, what, what's that? Three feet? Yeah, this is like a pub style table, so a yeah. little higher than a normal table. Yeah. And, and then it was moving around. And then I had my phone by the bed because I'd done emails before I went to bed. So I grabbed my phone and I'm trying to get a picture of it. I want to grab a picture of this thing. I swear I must have taken 15 and I knew I wasn't getting it because it was, but, it, but it, was, it was funny. Every time that I would have it, I could see it. It was almost like a game. And when I would press click, it would move. <laughs> and then finally, I remember I said in my head, come on, let me take your picture. And no word of a lie, I'm not lying, this thing stopped by the edge of the TV. And paused. And paused. Said cheese. And I went click. <laughs> you guys and you got And I got a picture. And Dan will put it up on Facebook for you guys. Yeah, it's pretty and, cool. And it was blue with a little bit of like orangey, reddy things in the middle of it. Yeah, I'll have, we'll have a look. Yeah. and and uh, But this thing, it was funny this wasn't random because it was like i swear i think it was playing with my cat and tormenting the cat having fun yeah you because know, him running around and he came upstairs because he was frustrated because he couldn't catch it right it's like when i do that little laser dot yeah, yeah. after a while he burns out because he can't catch yeah, it right? he gets all pissed yeah <laughs> exactly he's po'd right and then this thing every time i would okay and you know you you take your fingers and you expand it because you know it's only you want to make the picture bigger Yep. every time i get it and i go click it would move and, it was, and I would, and I must have done it 15 times. I'm going to swear. And then finally when I'm like in my head, I go, come on, let me take your picture, right? And I wasn't mad or just like, you know, I was exasperated. And it just stopped. And I'm like, holy crap. And I, and I did it. And out of 15 odd pictures, I got one. It finally worked. And it, got, and it was like it said, okay, fine, I'll let you take a picture. Wow. And then it <clears> went right where the TV is. It went through that wall. And that was... Gonzo. Yeah. And so part of what we'll talk about is... What the belief is on what different orb colors mean. Yeah. So, and you, so you and I are no expert on the topic of, over, of
1: orbs. Other than we've seen Even them a lot. We've seen them. Yeah. Uh, so I went on the internet, and I'm going to have to give this lady her her shout out credit. So her name is Beth Asaf, and it's called the different colors of ghost orbs and their meanings. And we we're just talking about the blue one that John took a picture of. Blue is spiritually associated with psychic energy and truth. It is a very calming color, and many people associate it with spiritual guidance. Yeah, so, and some people feel blue orbs are a sign of a calming presence or energy, while others feel they
2: indicate the presence of a spirit guide in that location. Yeah, and that's exactly what I found on a totally different website. Uh, spirit guide influence, calming influence. Okay, good. You know, and you know what's the funny part? The backstory to this I sold. A financial practice yeah and i'm fighting with the firm that i was with all that week about back pay that they owe me and i was really wound up and agitated and then to have something that come in with a calming kind of hey you know it's all cool and get well, your perspective back well, right? well you've been told you have a lot of spirit guides too yeah and and i think that was maybe one of them maybe or maybe something popping in because dan and i've been looking at this Friend of a friend who's got this black ooze hanging around him, yeah. And maybe I had somebody pop in to kind of make sure I was okay. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, but I have to admit, I never felt anything negative. No. And we've had orbs where we felt negative negativity before. Oh, yeah. This felt totally it just. You know, I'm not going to say I was like, <gasps> I was all calm and I wanted yeah. to sing, but I mean, I wasn't, ag- <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't ag- I Wanted to break out like "Kumbaya." With yeah, the no, yeah, stand there in my underwear and just sing it, right? But <laughs> it, it it just didn't feel negative. But the thing about it, it felt like something. It wasn't random. is right. all I want to say. Right. It it knew what it was doing,
1: and it was playful. Maybe it woke you up.
2: Yeah, maybe in a way, right? Said, "Hey, come check me out." Could be. Well, with the, the the cat sounds were like, yeah. He was going, and everybody has a cat. When he was ballistic. Like, he was on this table, diving off it, trying to get it, and right. So there,
1: there's lots of Facebook pages that you and I follow, and they're all connected to the, the paranormal mm-hmm. ghosts and stuff. And there's one that uh, specifically uh, caters to people who see orbs or have seen orbs. And there's tons of people on there that have taken videos and pictures and like they're filming their kids playing or their cat or whatever, and they'll see this orb go flying by and they'll put it on there and they'll say, is it dust? Is it a bug or is it an orb? And I mean, every day there's like five or six different videos of these Mm -hmm. things. And a lot of, you know, you get a lot of people on there that troll and they're like, oh, it's just dust and you're an idiot. It's like, well, you know, if you're going to be that way, why are you even on this Facebook page anyway? But you can actually see them change direction. Yeah. Like, it's not dust. No. And no. if it's a bug, they're going to have an erratic flight pattern. Yep. And you're going to see the flutter of their wings. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Like the ghost adventure show, for example, they always try to debunk orbs. hmm and they always call them... They never call them orbs. They call them light anomalies. Yeah. And you can see how they, they've got this really weird... Almost like a jellyfish... Yeah. Shape, pulsating. Pulsating like, yeah. thing. Yeah. And you'll see them zip into the guys. Like touch them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And when you and I and Tony did our little mini investigation at your old rental place... Yes, that's right. You and I were sitting in the living room in the dark. Tony's on the cameras. Tony was watching the, the night vision cameras. And is this, this is... A couple of months ago because it was still hotter than hell we were in our t-shirt and shorts and mm-hmm. stuff and i f- felt this little something touched my knee <clears throat> and tony at the second later says dan and orb just t- like flew into your leg yep and and you said the leg and, and tony I, pointed, confirmed. I pointed right at the location and he can see me on the camera but and, he can't see and me he said it, yes and he says that's the yeah, exact exactly. location. Yeah, And I sometimes think, well, maybe, you know, when you're just sitting there, and this goes for anybody, you're sitting there watching TV or eating dinner or whatever, and you feel something kind of just a little touch on your arm or whatever, I wonder if that's not a, a spirit. It uh, could very well be. Out, like as an orb. Yeah,
2: right? could very
1: well be. And uh, I mean, I've caught them at home. Like I remember doing a, a Skype video for something that I was applying to. And when I rewatched it, I could see two of them uh, behind me. Buzz by, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: and they were they were light, light color. So mm-hmm. that apparently that's a good thing. And it's one thing to see a uh, orb on film or video, but when you see it with your eyes, that's not dust. That's not no, bugs. That's no. um, you can get lens flare with a camera. You can get but when you see the pattern of the movement, mm-hmm. you know. It, you know, if you're in a dusty place, I've yes, seen them, you can. I've
1: seen them in uh, pubs.
2: We, we had one Buzz Danny at uh, recording the pod one oh, time. Oh, that's right. That's Remember, Because
1: right. we saw him yeah, dying he, back. Yeah, he snapped his head back, and, yeah. and I, he, we saw it. And yeah, we were that's like, right. What the hell is that? Yeah. And this little light anomaly went yeah. zinging by his face, like an inch or two from his face. Yeah, and he...
2: You know, he was like, "Whoa, That's right. <laughs> what was that?" Dust or a bug won't make a person think no. with their own eyes. No, you know, and they're a lot bigger than dust. That's right. Exactly. Like dust is like
1: tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, that's and these right. Things have some, yeah. This some thing size was to
2: them. almost as big as a softball, moving around the room. Wild. You know, it, it was cool. And like we've been in places where we've seen orbs. We've seen black ones. Black ones. And yeah, we've ones. seen that one. Yeah. So black
1: or brown orbs. Yeah. And from this, uh, from this lady. Uh, beth asaph spiritually many feel black or brown colors are associated with lower spiritual vibrations or heavy energy yeah some people interpret that interpret this as evil although it isn't necessarily the case when black or brown orbs appear some investigators interpret them as a sign the area may be unsafe or negative in nature examine such a place with caution if you feel uncomfortable or unsafe leave yeah now i'm trying to think uh the last time I ever saw a black or a brown one. Because I've seen a few of them.
2: Yeah, but, we, uh, we've seen a black one in Ripley. Right. We saw one there. I've my, seen, I've seen a couple of brown ones. Yeah, my website said exactly what Dan said. Considered to be uh, lower energies, uh, negative spirits, or a negative location. Unknown hollow. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um, that, that's my mum, my I'm gonna let it go. We don't want to have my mom on the pod. Well, you can push yeah. the
1: side button there. Sorry, mom. <laughs> you don't mom. want your mom I'll, on the pod. We'll she doesn't call, listen to the pod. I'll, no.
2: ca- I'll catch you later, mom. We'll call you back in a second. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... yeah, so, um, yeah, it was Ripley, and then there was one other place that we went, and we saw a black orb. Um, oh, where was that now? We saw, but we, we've seen them, and when I see, when I see a black orb, and this is before I even, even read about this or looked into it. I immediately got, not like dread, but I just, ah, that doesn't feel great. Right. You know what I mean? Just, ah, that's not, you know. Well, um, when
1: we did the, uh, the Governor's Residence investigation a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in Guelph, we, uh, on the night vision camera that we had in the attic, Danny and I were sitting there watching the screen. And this orb came zigzagging across the room and it came right into the camera paused in midair like like he was checking this out like going yeah. well, this is new what's this all about and then after a few seconds like pew, took off yeah and we both were like wow and yeah. it almost looked like you had a face in it that yeah was, that and, was and, and to me part.
2: that thing wanted to make sure you saw it
1: and it, it's yeah or it's just being curious and it's going like if it was a ghost that died a hundred years ago or a person that died 100 years ago. Yeah, what <laughs> the, say, what what's the heck that? What's that thing? thing right? That's right, exactly. And it was yeah. almost like it like a like a quizzical kind of yeah. nature to it. And we both looked at each other it was like, "Man, that was cool." And again, and dust we got it, it on bug, film. It we, does, we've got it yeah. on film, so maybe we'll uh, see if we can get Tony to make a little clip for us. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll put it up on the
2: page too. So Yeah. So lots of people see orbs, lots of people see them all the time. And um, what's the next color you want to do? But a lot of people like,
1: a, a lot of investigators, and, and I know a guy who's uh, a very prominent investigator, he dismisses them all the time. Doesn't even yeah. consider them. He says, oh, it's dust, or it's light from whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, how does dust go three feet this way, then two feet straight up towards the ceiling, and then zigzag? You know, even bugs don't do that, because yeah. they'll go straight, Yeah, you know, and then make like a... 90 degree turn and then go 45. Yeah, you know, go right to your smoke.
2: arms start chewing on you. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> like that old lady. And, and, and when I say when you see them with your eyes, it's a totally different thing. And right. other thing too that um, when you talk about missing 411 big and many people hunters will talk about when they go to their deer stands and they're waiting for the light to come where you it's you know the, the shooting light right. They'll talk about orbs they see move through the woods. Yeah. And you'll hear stories where they swear that these things are intelligently controlled. Yep. Because it's just weaving through the trees. It's not like some random thing that's just bumping into stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got a mind and a thought process. Well, I
1: remember uh, going back to the Ghost Adventures guys. They were doing uh, an investigation in a cemetery. And I think it was in Illinois. And uh, something didn't want them in the cemetery. So they saw an orb, like a pretty fair-sized one, in the trees. They started chasing it, and it kept leading them further and further and further away. And they stopped. One of the guys, I think it was Aaron, the, the guy that freaks out all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy that goes, dude, you yeah. know. <laughs> and he, he stopped. He goes, yeah, he says, hold on a second. He says, this thing's leading us away from the cemetery. It doesn't want us there, and it's it's got our attention. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, almost, like, intelligently controlled. Yeah. And they had police officers. They had, like, a cop on each corner of the property, like, you know, because they do their lockdowns. Right. right, so you can't lock a guy inside a, a forest cemetery, yeah. So they said they had like a bunch of cops, like to make sure they didn't sneak out and you know, right, right, and bullshit their way. But they talked to one of the sergeants, he says, Oh, did you see one of the orbs? Uh huh. And he's like, Oh, yeah, we see them all the time, we see them going through the trees, and yeah. And uh, on one of those Facebook pages, there was a lady who took uh, a picture, and I hope she's a listener, because like, or if anybody else. Uh, remembers which page it was but she stopped she and her husband were ATVing somewhere i think it was in the the u.s beautiful forest and she stopped to take a picture like at the sunlight and you Mm -hmm. saw the picture too i recall yep and the sunlight coming through the trees and everything and down in the right hand corner like about six inches off the ground was this soccer Ball sized blue orb, and she didn't see it at the time.
2: It's like it was just forming, yeah,
1: yeah, but it was on the photo, and and it's so perfect. It Mm -hmm. almost looks, you know, and I'm not disrespecting her, but it almost looks photoshopped in because it's so perfect, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, and I wish I'd saved the picture, or I wish wish I'd messaged her and said, hey, like, do you mind if I use this picture? But, But if anybody's listening and you know, and they're the followers on these pages. Then, and uh, yeah, it was send impressive. Me, send me a message. I like to. I like to
2: see if we can catch that again. It was really cool. You know, um, one of these uh, colors they talk about, um, green, and I have to agree. Like mine, the description I found was it was a positive indication of a human spirit. Two days after my father died, I woke up and I had a green orb that was kind of shifting and. Just kind of moving a little bit, um, on the, on my bedroom wall, directly facing or my, my bed. Right. And I remember, and I, I watched it, and it was there for a minute, maybe or so, and then it just left the room. And to this day, and back then again, I was a skeptic the whole bit. I remember I watched that. Somehow I connected that to my dad. That that was yeah. It was him just popping in, kind of like you know what you know. I'm good, right? But I, 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 you know, I didn't know how to process the whole thing. But I went something to do with my dad, you know. And they talk about a green orb yeah, green. is an indication of a human spirit. Well, green uh, on this website <clears throat> says
1: it's a healing orb or a spirit. Yeah. No. And the blue, uh, well, see, there's dark blue and there's light blue. So the dark blue, also, which is pretty much the one you took a picture of, they mm-hmm. say it's a shy spirit. Mm. light blue is means tranquility and peace and a blue uh medium blue because of different shades is protection so maybe someone was looking out for you right could be because that thing keeps hanging around just that white thing but there's all sorts of different colors like there's black blue brown gold green lavender orange peach pink purple
2: red silver violet white yellow yeah that's almost like this i'm looking at the picture that I took of this orb. It's almost like it's got eyes. It's kind of a cool Yeah, we'll put it up on the Yeah, Facebook we'll put it up so you guys can see it. And everybody can check it out. And up. a lot of belief systems on orbs, you know, the people that think they're spirits guides, they're um angelic beings, uh evidence of spirits. I, I you know what whenever we quite often when we're doing things with uh investigations, we usually come across orbs. And I do believe there's something to do with spirits. I really do. Oh, for I, sure, I think, for sure. Whether it's a mode of travel or whatever it's going to be or a way they manifest themselves, I, I'm convinced on that.
1: Well, you know, and I think we're going to talk about some spiritual and religious stuff in the next podcast. Yeah, we will. But yeah. in the Bible, they never depict angels as having wings, they always talk about them as gold colored orbs. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's so, that's very true.
2: That's right. The only
1: reason why we look at angels as having wings is because when the Renaissance painters, or in painters even pre-Renaissance, uh, used to paint these these battles between the good and evil, they always gave the angels wings so yeah. you could differentiate which ones were the angels and which yeah, ones which is the, the good which, guys which ones were the people. That's right? right.
2: So interesting stuff. Yeah, like with the cowboys, the black hat you knew who the bad guy was and, yeah, the, white and the, white house the white hat the was guy. the good guy. Yeah, that's right. So,
1: I think uh, we're going to wrap up this episode because we're almost at the hour mark. But we're going to give a shout out to a couple people. And mm-hmm. one was...
2: There's a gentleman by the name of Brian that sent us a really good email. Yep. And we appreciated that. Dan had a good interaction with him.
1: Yeah, and he was talking about uh, orbs too, I, th- I believe, right?
2: Yeah, some inter- things that had happened at his, at his uh, and parents. parents. And butterflies. Yeah. Um, now... The, unfortunately when i printed out the email for dan to use here i printed out what dan wrote back not brian's yeah um but we appreciate the contact brian and uh you know what if you ever want to
1: ask about negative energy yes like if something could affect you like not even non uh non-intelligent right and i said well like like there's studies about hydro wines affecting people mm-hmm. and electrical boxes where they can make you feel weird and yep. that kind of thing but then he was telling us about uh, seeing the, the butterflies, and he associates that with someone who's passed on. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, I, I like, I have my response here. Yeah, John but, uh, printed off the wrong page. Yeah, but I said I said uh, to Brian, was it Brian? Yeah. Yep. I said, I love the butterfly story as well. That's a sign for sure. Apparently, mm-hmm. butterflies are the easiest creature for spirits to manipulate, and that's why they're so popular in symbology. Yeah. So
2: thanks, yep. Brian. Yeah, we appreciate that. We love the, the contact, and if you... Ever want to share some of the stories that you think has gone on there? By all means, yep. uh, get in touch.
1: And we're going to congratulate our one and only pumpkin
2: uh, carving
1: <laughs> With With the
2: with so. asterisk to Natalie, she did submit a, a pumpkin. Yes, Natalie from Australia,
1: Yeah, she took a picture of... Uh, but I think it. technically it wasn't her it pumpkin. It wasn't her pumpkin, but, so. she, but she was good enough to find uh, someone in Australia that... Because they don't celebrate Halloween down there. No, no. And... Uh, so, but there's an asterisk we her, thank you for Canadian that. Her Canadian spouse misses Halloween. Yeah. So, I guess maybe yeah. they went looking for a pumpkin and they found one. And I offered to FedEx her one. Yeah, <laughs> but she's like, that. no. She says, by the time it gets here, it's just going to be like a gooey mess. Yeah, a bad pumpkin pie. Yes. But, our winner, our our one and only young lady here who, who posted, like, oh, she had like like eight bloody pumpkins, is Deanna and... uh thank you very much Deanna yeah yeah
2: Deanna so your, won your t-shirts in the mail yep. via, via Tony yes that's right exactly
1: <laughs> who happens to be your father yeah I didn't even know that oh so, impressive
2: uh, yeah. impressive pumpkins yeah and uh, just as a pe- word that Peppa de- Pig pumpkin was brutal Dan Dan set um, <laughs> scary, scary. um Danny and I up there was no talk about us putting up our own pumpkins on Facebook. And Dan just put one up there and kind of threw us under the bus. We didn't know anything about it. Well, I
1: just want to make sure you're actually looking at the yeah. Phantom Faction Podcast Facebook page, Well, I too. was, and
2: I was annoyed. And let people know, I've lived in my home now for 10 years. We've only ever had trick-or-treaters twice. Well, you can That's really, when my kids were younger. Yeah, you live in the boonies here. The houses here are too far apart. If you're thinking if you're a kid. Yeah. It's not, it, you want to maximize your candy <laughs> opportunities, like when right? I grew up, my
1: dad had to drive me to every home. Yeah, and then drive me down like this—these hundred-yard-long farmhouse. Uh, yeah, for one uh, lollipop.
2: For one lollipop. <laughs> it's like, come on, you cheap! Yeah, or a bale yeah. of hay, or yeah, the last <laughs> yeah. kid that ever came here. Literally, I took a bowl of chocolate bars and dumped them in. Because he said, you're the only kid here. Yeah, so here and I, otherwise I'm going to eat them. So there well, you go. Next year you'll make sure you put a pumpkin out. Just well, because... yeah, but give us a heads up. That was just threw us under the bus. where's. Just... <laughs> Alrighty, anyway, thanks everybody. Yeah, please hit subscribe. That's the end of episode 19,
0: and uh, we'll see you next time. Phantom Faction Podcast. A podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. At